calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is a gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. This is Heidi Raubenheimer, the managing editor of the CFA Institute Financial Analyst Journal, with a quick overview of the first issue of 2020. We open with a myth-busting perspectives piece on the dynamics of ETF fees. Exchange-traded funds brought us low-cost investing, and with the massive growth in these offerings, surely fees must be at a record low. Authors Box, Davis and Fuller lay bare the realities of ETF fees over the last 15 years and demonstrate that, despite their headlines, expense ratios of ETFs have not necessarily reduced. Furthermore, new entrants to particular ETF categories do not necessarily create downward pressure on fees for the rest of the field. This is an honest and independent expose for our industry of ETF fees by provider and category over time, deducing the true effect of competitive forces among ETFs. Our next article concerns the activities of DC plan sponsors who select and monitor the menu of investment funds and asks, does all this activity make any difference? Much previous research has concluded that chasing returns by adding winning funds and ditching losing funds is ineffective. But authors Blanchett, Fink and Licato were able to compare the performance of the replacement funds to the performance of the deleted funds, and they find that change is a good thing. The authors say it best when they say, we find no evidence that plan sponsors can select funds that will outperform in the future, but rather that the value provided by monitoring occurs mainly through the deletion of the lowest quality funds. The next article offers advice on the tax benefits of separating alpha from beta. Capital gains taxes will reduce the alpha of any successful long-only strategy, which is fine for the typically tax-agnostic fund manager. Tax-sensitive clients can't always afford the benefit of a tax-managed strategy. By the way, we published a good article on tax-managed factor strategies in quarter two last year. In this latest article, authors from AQR show that separating active or alpha and passive or beta exposures materially outperforms a traditional long-only strategy after taxes. That's because the passive or beta component requires fewer trades than an active long-only fund, so capital gains taxes are deferred. The effectiveness of the separation of alpha and beta after tax is greater with higher market returns, higher factor premiums and portfolio turnover. Our fourth article speaks to the role of equity incentives in two established factors, net share issuance and asset growth effects. It's already been established, all things being equal, that net share issuance, the opposite of buybacks, has a negative subsequent effect on returns, and similarly high asset growth has been shown to be damaging to returns. Authors Gotto, Wang and Yan argue and find that the extent of the managerial incentives in a company can fine-tune the effects of both net share issuance and asset growth and create a profitable investment strategy. Why? Owning a lot of equity in the company encourages managers to buy or issue shares in the company in ways that profit existing shareholders, such as themselves. And so net buybacks are more effective when executives are substantial shareholders. Conversely, when managers own a lot of equity in the company, it diminishes their destructive empire-building activities. In other words, growing a company beyond what is economically sound. And so the negative effect of asset growth is diminished by high managerial incentives.
If you want to take advantage of this insight, you'll find the recipe in this quarter's article. Our final research article revisits the rationality of early exercise of American options. Authors Batalia Figlewski and Neil look at intraday pricing and find that the best bid price available is often lower than the option's intrinsic value, which means early exercise is the rational choice, a situation the authors call an exercise boundary violation. In their article, Option Investor Rationality Revisited, the role of exercise boundary violations, they show how common, persistent and economically significant these exercise boundary violations are. Across their entire sample, 48.6% of option quotes exhibited these violations and as much as 90% among deep and mid-in-the-money options with shorter maturity periods, in other words, where time value was low. When textbooks said it was irrational to exercise American options early, they didn't look at intraday prices. You heard it here first. This quarter also features our annual report to readers and the announcement of the Graham and Dodd Awards for Excellence for 2019 articles in the Financial Analyst Journal. Remember that we provide summaries of all research articles in the CFA Institute members app and on the web at cfainstitute.org with links to the full articles. Use the feedback section of the members app to let us know what you think of these audio reviews or email us at faj at cfainstitute.org.